Hello and welcome to Into the Aether. It's a low-key video game podcast. My name is Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. Uh, Stephen, I only want to be playing Pokemon, and you texted me <laughs> and said, we have to record a podcast, and I said, no, Stephen, I'm training right no, now. I'm having fun. I'm Why having too you? much fun. How I'm dare you pull me away from this? Fun. That reminds me, uh, I think I was eight or nine, maybe seven, definitely prior to 10 and after five. So take your year. Um, <laughs> I think I just did a math problem in my head. <laughs> Steven is younger than 10, but older than five. He loves Final Fantasy VII. Um, <laughs> how old is Steven? How old is Steven? He's seven. It came out in 1997. Um, wow, I just screamed. Uh, there was one Christmas morning where I was having so much fun playing with my Street Sharks action figures that I didn't go down for Christmas morning. Like I was like, no, I'm good. I don't need anything else. Like, <laughs> I don't I'm, need anything. I'm so, and I remember I think I said, like, I'm having a bunch of fun up here. Like, I'm fine. I'll come down later. That's um, amazing. Spoiled in retrospect, but I think oddly kind of above the holiday in kind of a refreshing way for wow. a child, you know? <laughs> I didn't need more. I was fine with what I had. Seven-year-old Steven, anti-capitalist icon. I also, <laughs> I would take the fit, kind of like a benign Sid from Toy Story, I would take the fins off the street sharks, because I wanted them to be aliens instead of sharks. So... <laughs> Without the fins, they fit the bill. Were those the um, ones where if you pulled the fins back, this is so in the weeds. If you yeah, pulled, if you pulled the, the fins, fins back, their, mouth their mouths opened, would yeah. open and close. Yeah, I had there was a also. really, really rough one named Moby Lick. That was a killer whale yeah. villain that had a long tongue mm -hmm. that would like rotate in a circle. It was it was bad. I don't yeah. know why they did it. <laughs> yeah, I loved it, and my family was like, "Can you put Moby Lick away? <laughs> 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 Can you please put this nightmare whale away?" I need I if you so if cool. you're listening to this and you don't know who the street sharks are, I need you to Google it because it was like the wildest yeah. um, like rebuttal against the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, Not even a rebuttal. So it was just nose. a yeah. Blatant ripoff. Like yeah. uh, they also did extreme dinosaurs. Um, yes. Oh my god, I forgot. About which those. I was also. Yes. Uh, talk to me if you want to talk more about either of those shows. <laughs> I haven't watched them since. We're they, pleased I'm to sure announce they're... the December bonus episode. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the, the Street Sharks, they liked hot dogs instead of pizza. They were really into hot dogs. And oh, yeah. They said things were jawsome. That's all yeah. I remember. Yeah. Um, love the idea of their fins peeking out of the uh, like road, like the asphalt. Mm-hmm. Like they're swimming in the road. That's kind of a cool design, but everything else is like just blatant, blatant yeah. rip off. Because Ninja Turtles were kind of before our time. I feel like like it was right on the edge of yeah, of like the just early 90s. just immediately before. And I like that they're back now. So like they are like the Ninja Turtles skipped over. They were like actually millennials don't matter. We're just gonna skip them entirely. <laughs> We're here for X and Z, baby. Yeah. Yeah, we got street sharks and extreme dinosaurs. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh Pokemon my god. Sword and stop. Shield. 
<laughs> Two wonderful video games that we already did a whole episode about, but we're talking about it again. Why is that, Steven? Well, you've been playing more of it. I have seen the like event horizon of Pokemon's <laughs> Shield I, or Sword. I am completely done with it. Yeah, uh, we were talking on the phone yesterday, and you were like, I think I need to not be playing Pokemon, is yeah, how you phrased it um, to me. For context, I finished the main story, which you can do pretty quickly. It's not It's not very long. If you, yeah. if you commit solely to it, um, and there's some stuff that, that opens up at the end, which I appreciate. There's also a weird like post-game story that I also finished that oh, I really? need to talk about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think it's easy to miss, so I'm going to bring it up. Um, but there are some really cool endgame features that I'd love to discuss more. You are now at the seventh gym where I was when we f- recorded our first episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you, you've had some more things to say. So In we're just classic, gonna briefly... like, me fashion, I'm somehow, like, I have played now a full day of this game. I'm over 24 hours into this game, and I have just beaten the sixth gym, which is wild, because I just spend so much time not doing the story somehow. I don't want to brag, but I think I'm your Gary, because, like, my team's better, <laughs> like, I've finished the game. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm Hop. I think I'm doing great, and then it turns out I'm really not. <laughs> you're not Hop. You're uh, you're 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 redeemed Hop. But we'll talk about that. Um, Super Saiyan Hop. Super Saiyan Hop. Uh, so yeah, basically, if you want to hear our full thoughts on the game, uh, check out the episode "The Perfect Rivals," where we basically discuss like our our take on it. Spoiler alert: we like it a lot. I've now finished it, and I I've been away from it for a while, so like I feel like I have a better place of where to rank it in the series. Not that like the show is about ranking things, but you know, I think like it is about there... to be extremely <laughs> just like pure ranking things for the rest of oh, the month. Oh, you know though. what? You're right. We're reaching this the is end the month of, the of lists. I'm just saying we. We don't normally come in with yeah. like a numeric value for a game. Uh, I do. Usually... I do want to know exactly where it ranks amongst all the Pokemon games for you, though. I am. Very yeah, curious. I can. De- I can definitely at least. In do you want me to lead with that, or should I get to it later? Uh, no. I, well, lead with it. Tell me. I'm. Okay. I'm just. I'm chomping at the bit. To I would find say out. as a game, I, I, sort of what I'm ranking them with is like as a game, as like a standalone experience, and what they do for the series. Mm -hmm. Um, Number one, I think, will always be Silver and Gold. I think that's like the pinnacle Pokemon game. I'm with Uh, you, yeah. It it introduced... I've said this many times. You could probably have a supercut of this exact list of of, uh, compliments and features of the game, and you would have like a weird choir of Stevens listing this. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's a game that introduced day and night cycles in a time where that was not even like a thinkable technology for the Game Boy. Like the fact that yeah. if you were playing it at night, it would be nighttime. They're like, let's put Pokemon. a watch battery in this video game. Yeah. Incredible. Um, <laughs> you had a badass mom who would buy you awesome shit if you let her, like she was like the the moral good version of a bank where yes. like you'd give her money. She's like, hey, I like you got interest. So I bought you a big Snorlax doll and like, <laughs> you know. Do you want me to keep spe- do you want me to keep saving your money? It's like yeah, absolutely. Um, it added the phone and the radio, where like you would talk to trainers and they would actually call you for rematches and they would be stronger, which yeah. made the world feel a little bit more alive. Um, the new Pokemon were really cool. I loved I loved Johto as a setting. My friend Chris once described it as. Uh, Red and blue kind of has like a something about it evokes a feeling of summer, whereas Johto feels very autumnal by comparison. Yes. Um, Oddly enough. And I I really think that 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 fits the bill very well. Wow. That explains Um, why I like it so much. Yeah. And then speaking of Kanto, you go back to Kanto at the end of the game. So it just felt like one of those sequels that just like surpasses the original in every way, but still retains what people want from the series. Right. Um, uh, They also added steel and dark type to kind of balance 
it a little bit because in the first game it was like psychic was just the best yeah like red red and blue the, the battle was the afterthought originally the game was just going to be finding pokemon mm-hmm. that was the intention but they were like yeah you kind of need something so let's make them fight yeah and that has since become the focus but so silver and gold is number one number two I would say X and Y, um, because that just felt like since Silver and Gold, that was the biggest jump for the series. Yeah. I would say for number three, just just for just for like the sake of creating the series, I would say Red and Blue is number three. Uh-huh. Um, you know, that's by comparison, it's it's a weaker entry in the series because it's like so glitchy and it's so archaic. But yeah. it's the first it, we wouldn't have the series without that game, and you know, there's nostalgia there. Number four, I would say is hmm, I would say it's Sword and Shield um, because I think. Uh, in terms of a single player experience, Sword and Shield is offering a little bit more difficulty than X and Y and Sun and Moon. And I say that because those games are like insultingly easy. Like I got through X and Y with just the Pancham punching things like over <laughs> and over or Pangoro. Yeah. Like he used power up punch and like even like kids are better at this game than I am or than than we are. Like right. I say I am because I've been playing online just getting my fucking team wrecked. Uh but uh like I don't think you can say like, oh, it's easy for it's like yes yes this is a game that's made for all ages especially for younger audiences so like you don't want it to be like you know you don't want it to be like too much of a stressful experience but even still like we played these games as kids we did fine and like the the recent entries just felt like really 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 easy like thoughtlessly easy yeah sun um, and moon i think is a really kind of uh, shining example of how brutal the tutorial can be in a pokemon game where yeah. like that whole first island that you visit is like three to four hours of just straight tutorial yeah so at like, least this game is asking you if you know all this stuff already you know? right right and you know i think you, in terms of like keeping kids in mind like i think you can give them more credit i think that they are going to understand this game on a faster and deeper level quickly yeah <laughs> you know most kids have like youtube tutorials about coding at this point so like they can probably crush us in pokemon yeah um anyway so i think it's number four because i think that uh it's a return to form for the single player difficulty. Um, there are a lot of features that I think have really surpassed even the entries that I listed before that, like the wild area, even though the online stuff is kind of wonky for like trading and uh, doing raids, which we'll talk about more. Yes. Um, doing ranked and casual matches is the best like online Nintendo has ever been. It is so easy and seamless. It's yeah. baffling that it exists alongside the like, you have to have the same code at the same time if you want to trade with one of your friends on the Switch. It's like, what <laughs> is this? And like, because there are so many people playing at the same time, mathematically, you might still get a rando because your code is the same as theirs. Yeah. Like, there are more people playing than there are four-digit codes. Right. So you're going to get, like, that happened to me twice, making an obscure code. I'm not just doing one, two, three, four. Yeah. Like, you know, I was, I had to be on the phone with a couple of my friends to, like, get it to work. That's so funny. It's insane. Meanwhile, yeah. uh, the ranked, and if you go to verses in the main menu and you do ranked or casual matches, really fun. It sets you up with someone right away. Um, and as you play win or lose, they give you BP and items and stuff for playing online it's great oh it's just like 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 table stakes like you're just yeah they'll just be like thanks for playing ranked matches here's a rare candy or here's like 20 bp yeah it's it's so it's so wonderful uh pro tip everyone uses that ghost dragon so just build your team around that and you'll be fine like everyone (laughs) 
Everyone uses that fucking dragon. He's cool, I get it, but oh my god. Thankfully my weevil's dark type. What am I saying? Anyway, yeah, I would say it's number four. <laughs> and uh, I would say number five is like a tie between black and white ruby sapphire. Like pretty much the rest kind of float around number five. Yeah. But so I would say like this is definitely I think why it ranks a little bit lower than X and Y is because I think that while I really like a lot of the new features, like rating is really fun, especially on a local level. And like the stars indicate how many of those stats are like the perfect IVs. Mm -hmm. Um, And regardless of that, if you catch them, you get that Pokemon plus like a few rare TMs and like a bunch of rare candies. So you can level up people like real fast. Yeah. Like I've been able to like hatch new Pokemon and get them up to level 60, like within minutes because of doing that. Yeah. Um, I, I, so one of the things that has kept me away from doing the actual story has just been spending so much time in the wild area doing yeah. raids and stuff. Um, and specifically to catch Pokemon and then level them up that way, uh, yeah, which is just like so fun and so rewarding. It is. It really is. And what I love is that there are multiple avenues to get to the same result. If you want to breed a lot of Pokemon to get like the right stats and then like level them up from level one, you can do that. Or you can just do a raid and like get them right away. And, yeah. you know, go. For, you can do a mix of the two. I've been doing kind of a mix. Uh, so like all those features are great, but they're very hit or miss in execution in terms of like Nintendo's online. Mm-hmm. Even like, just I, like I, the the baffling thing to me that you have. First of all, when you're playing this game it just yeah. eats up all of the online functionality of the Nintendo Switch, which is yes. wild. So you can't like even see if your friends are playing on the Switch uh, yeah. while you're playing Pokemon, which is baffling. But also, if you want to actually take part in any of the online stuff, you have to open up the online menu and then press the, I think it's the plus button, yes. to say, I would like to connect to the internet, even though mm-hmm. the game is already connected to the internet, so yeah. far as it is eating the online functionality of the Switch. It is, it is like... It's the definition of logging up. We said before yes, in this yes, episode yes, where yes. it's like, make sure you've called your mom and she says yes. <laughs> and at the same time as someone else, you know, um, <laughs> it is ridiculous. Uh, so that that knocks it down. And I will say um, in terms of uh, we, our episode about this uh, Perfect Rivals, we kind of like very much stand against the unfair criticism this game has been getting before launch. Like most of that stuff, having played the game and having played the rest of the series, most of those complaints that were out before the game even existed are like not a factor. I know they're so moot. It's so wild. Yeah. I will say uh, in terms of the single player experience, I do. And this is not a huge point against it, but I think it's why it's not quite as high as the other ones. I did miss a feature in Let's Go with having the Pokemon like run alongside you or like riding through town on an Arcanine. Like, yeah, I, I was wish... surprised that that wasn't in this yeah. game. Um, small, small thing. The bigger thing is I do miss some of the dungeons. Like I miss the like Team Rocket hideout and the Mount Moons where like there's a little bit of like an environment like puzzle to overcome yeah there really isn't any of that in this game which is fun because i think they've they focused more on the gym battles being the big event and that really pays off yeah but i i do miss like i think it's interesting because the wild area does feel so immersive and like it feels like you're in a world where pokemon exists in all shapes and sizes and like there's like the threat of of finding like a level 60 snorlax when your guys like level eight and have sticks to fight with you know <laughs> um yeah. so that all pays off but like 
I I liked I liked some of the some of the dungeons for lack of a better term in the earlier games like you know the Sylph uh, hideout where you fight all of Team Rocket. Yeah, um, I, so I miss some I've, of that. I've heard people say that before, and I I very much understand why that why that would be a, a, a thing you would miss. Personally, that is like so I'm so glad that none of that stuff is in this game. Uh-huh. I like even going back to Red and Blue like hated those. Like that oh, wow, okay. that would be where I was stuck for like a full ass week <laughs> as a five-year-old just like no yeah. no thank you no th- i uh, what i'm gonna stand on this thing and then i'm gonna spin and i'm gonna hit a wall and then i have to stand on another thing and then spin and then hit another wall and i'm just gonna go in a loop forever like i just i just did not enjoy the, those the that, and then also stuff. like the the uh being in a cave and then not having flash yet just being like well i guess i'm fucked like that was never fun for me but i do i do understand how like that is almost a tentpole thing in this game is is getting lost and exploring a, a small scale version of the larger yeah overall. i guess it's less like <laughs> when he brought the 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 sliding platforms like oh my god yeah i did not like that either <laughs> uh but like there were just some environments that like stood out like i think the wild area is the standout here but like i liked having like big caves to explore and like the safari zone like all those kind of places where there were like kind of uh sections that felt like uh separate from the rest of the map yeah um that being said like that's a very nitpicky thing and i think that this game's intention is to get you through the league like as eventfully and easily as possible Mm -hmm. so like that's all good and i think that uh we talked about the difficulty being a little bit higher in terms of like the difficulty is not the esoteric uh like environment puzzles but it is the actual battles yeah um which i think is better so yeah i mean i i guess it's less of like it's less of a complaint of what they have done in the past with those environments and more of i would have loved to see what this game would have done with them like what is Mm -hmm. uh uh, like there's a there's a moment where you go to the town that Team Yell is from, and I love the plot twist with Team Yell. I don't know if you've gotten to that. I yet. have not. No, I, I won't spoil it. But um, it, they just get better and better. But right. it, it, that that is area, it like Liverpool? In, I feel like it would be like a Liverpool kind of vibe. Sort of. It's 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 a very like. It's a very punk city, and it's okay. interesting. It's a left-to-right hallway, and the music is very similar to the song uh, "Go Straight" from Streets of Rage. They're like bam, 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 bam. Oh, you nice. know that song? Yeah. I think it's a it's a really big um, homage to the like left-to-right beat 'em up games. That's awesome, which I really like. So I guess just that moment where they had a lot of fun with that setting, I would have liked to see more mm-hmm. um, in terms of like not only design but like how uh, and they do that a lot with the with the gym missions now that I think about it like the gym challenges range from doing environmental puzzles like pulling the levers and stuff um, in the water gym and then there's the uh, in the fighting gym which I think is similar to the ghost gym there's like you're in a sliding platform and you have to avoid like hazards and stuff so now that I say that I think they they have just sort of taken what would have been one big dungeon and sprinkled it into all the gym challenges yeah Um, so now that I say that I don't actually think it's it's as much of a nitpick for me it certainly wasn't when I was playing it I was just trying to think like now that i have finished it and and taken some time away from it like what i would have liked to see but it might be um, that in practice it's a little bit like the um the divine beasts from breath of the wild where like you wanted yeah. you wanted dungeons in that game and what you got were divine beasts and somehow even though they were just dungeons being called divine beasts and like having that i don't know that that framing for those dungeons made them not feel like a classic zelda like climbing through a cave and 
pressing switches, you know? Right. Um, even though yeah, that is I literally mean, what it was. For sure. And I think now that I'm saying it, I, I wonder if I would maybe put this at three. I think X and Y still gets three because that was like the first 3D Pokemon game. Yeah, as we talked felt. about in the last episode, like th- this game to me still feels like the culmination of what they started in X and Y. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like absolutely. red and blue went as far as it possibly could until you hit, I think, black and white too. And then X and Y was like the kickoff of a new generation of like what Pokemon I completely could be. Agree. But even yeah, that I, is still taking so much of the DNA of what came before it. Um, oh, for but, sure. But it just felt streamlined in a way um, th- that seemed like Game Freak was finally like interrogating what worked and what didn't um, yeah. in those games. And and I don't know. I think that one also included like wonder trading for the first time and things like that. Like all these features that are just so so joyful. It's yeah. so ridiculous. Yeah, and I like I like Dynamaxing more than at Mega Evolutions. Oddly enough. Um, yeah, it's so fun. So there's a lot of there's a lot of things that I like more about Sword and Shield than X and Y, but I think X and Y still gets number three because of like the foundation it's set. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a it's a fantastic game. I'm I'm still solid in my love for it. There's some end game stuff that's very funny. I'll say this: I don't want to talk about too much to spoil it, yeah. but when you finish the game, when you finish the league, go back to the slumbering wield, and Hop will be waiting there. Okay, he will challenge you to a fight, and after that fight, you will meet the new villains who are named Sworded and Shieldbert. They have <laughs> they have haircuts that look like swords and shields and they go well 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 before they say anything. It is awesome. The best. Um it's interesting. So that story basically uh you meet them and they there's that that legend of like the Pokémon that saved the day, the two dogs with the sword and shield. Right, yeah. Um they are Sworded and Shieldbert are the descendants of the royalty who like were the trainers who used them and mm-hmm. they're like the Pokémon get all the credit. It was our ancestors that saved the day. So they're trying to just Dynamax Pokémon randomly across the wild to like belittle Pokémon's credibility. <laughs> Great. Sure. So then you have to go back to every gym alongside Hop and Piers, who's the uh, the older brother of Marnie, who's the dark type gym leader. You'll meet him soon. He's oh, cool. great. Nice. He is incredible. So it becomes then a weird adventurer's crew with Piers and Hop going to every gym and kind of like a raid fighting a big Dynamax with that gym leader. Um, it's pretty fun. It's, it's that very sounds simple. awesome. That sounds so fun. Yeah. It's a nice way to segue like for people who like maybe didn't do a lot of raiding while they did the main story. It's a good way to like teach you what that is before you do it for real. Yeah. And every gym leader will give you a rare, their rare league card. Um, that has like a bit more information about them. Oh, and, like, yeah, this is this sounds awesome. That sounds it's so great. great. Yeah, I will say my favorite end game stuff is the battle tower. Um, the battle tower uh, is where it kind of prepares you for if you want to play online at all. You choose three Pokemon uh, that are scaled to level fifty or sixty. Can't use items other than held items, mm-hmm. and um, it's real tough. You fight opponents that like have teams that are kind of it, the first tier of it. Every time you lose a battle you go down a floor but you know as you climb up the first tier is like people who are implementing strategies that are like well beyond the computers you fight in the game so like they'll you know use clever combinations of items and passive abilities and stuff so you can kind of see like what goes into a more strategic team then you fight leon at the end again and once you beat him that gives you the ability to see ivs in your pc which is really helpful so wow. you can see like um i recommend doing that the next tier of the battle tower i feel like they have teams that are tailor 
were made against yours. I realized that my team had a pretty notable weakness to flying overall. So like they threw out like a Rotom that was a fan and that just like, fucked me up. And like more importantly than just elemental types, like they do just a lot of cool strategies. Like there was one Pokemon that um, would constantly use like fly or bounce and would poison you right away. So you just couldn't hit them as you died of toxicity. Wow. Holy shit. Uh, yeah. So it has helped me out a lot um, and it's been really fun and very strategic and I think I'll probably spend the most time doing that and for winning you get BP and mints which you can use to like that whole place is designed to like make a more competitive team if you want to right um, the bottle caps there's a polygon article that was like don't sell your bottle caps the bottle caps are used if your Pokemon is level 100, you can use bottle caps to max out one of their base stats. So like, whoa, once, cool. if you got the ability to see your Poke, uh, if, for what this means, this is like really in the weeds, but every Pokemon, like let's use Pikachu for an example. Every Pikachu is going to have like high speed and high special attack. Yeah. But specifically each individual Pikachu might have a higher base stat in that area than others. So mm -hmm. you'll see it's ranked as uh, no good, decent, uh, pretty good, very good, fantastic, and best, yeah. which is my favorite scale that's what we should rank <laughs> video games as um so you'll see like okay but basically what i do is like do they have good stats in the areas that matter you know yeah um right. and you could be creative with it too where it's like okay if this charizard has like the best speed i'm gonna max out it's and you can use poke jobs to do what was called ev training where you can like boost their base stats up until the limit of what their iv is mm -hmm. so like and that's really nice because you can just send them out and like it's real time so you can just send them out for the day when you're not playing and then come back and suddenly they have like a plus 48 to speed yeah um so you can make a pokemon that's traditionally slow way faster than expected and like kind of throw people off with that yeah or you can just double down on them having like the best defense or whatever which is like a um, significantly better in terms of like gameplay and fun uh, yeah, mechanic than than what they used grinding to have against geo dudes and hacking your ds well there was that and then they also <laughs> tried to include that thing where on the bottom screen of of the 3ds they would have like a big inflatable balloon and then you had to just oh like tap God. on it over yeah. and over again and that was how you that was rough trained all your yeah, stats. that was an x and y yeah so this is just like just leave them in the pc for a bit and they'll come back and pray better. music yeah. will play yeah <laughs> better um so it's great i've been doing that and like i've been playing online a little bit i'm definitely not like competitive but like i have a pretty dope team. I'll talk about them in a sec. Um, but it's, I really like making teams. I really like thinking about that strategically. And I like how the battle tower, even if you don't want to play online, if you don't want to fight that dragon ghost over and over and over again, <laughs> uh -huh. uh, the battle tower is a really fun way to like test your strategic thinking. Yeah. Um, not to not to get into it again, um, but like the fact that the, the, the most quote unquote hardcore people who like the Pokemon franchise just like killed this one outright before even like trying it or picking it up even though there's all this stuff tailor-made for yeah, them that's that's what so i said it's like the fact that like because because you know you could you could be like okay i want to get like a pokemon from a raid that has like the best stats across the board and then maybe breed them and and you know go like really like mid maxi with it if you're just attached to the one you use in the story you could train them with the poke jobs and then max their stats out with the bottle caps and like yeah. achieve the same result like you don't have to do anything a specific way i actually really like breeding it's kind of zen like i just explore galar and eggs hatch they made it real fast too like yeah they hatch real quick. I've bred a bunch. I um I've been breeding the weird candle ghost because uh, <laughs> I surprise yeah. yeah I surprise traded with someone mm -hmm. uh, from Japan and I got um 
There's a thing, it's like actually a thing, where if you breed Pokemon, one from a US region and one from Japan, the chance of it being shiny is like astronomically higher. Whoa, um, really? Yeah. I didn't well, know yeah, that. That's, it's like, because I think shinies are generally like one out of like 5,000. It's insane. But if you do that, it's one out of 500. So that's why people are able to like uh, make shinies a little bit more easily. Um, Wild. So yeah. Okay. Make a shiny candle ghost, baby. I haven't seen any shinies in my game yet. I caught a shiny Magikarp and I literally almost fainted. Yeah. Uh, her name's Diane. I love her. Um, <laughs> actually, I'll tell you. Do you want to hear about my team? Yeah, sure. I'll tell go me through. Team. Leading the way is Wurzel, uh, my Leafeon. Mm -hmm. uh, he's oh, the nice. only boy on the team. Leafeon's great. Uh, I have Zelda, my Gardevoir. I have Sabrina Gills, my favorite, my melodic. Mm -hmm. um, she knows the move Attract, and I was playing with my friends online, and like it was like you're immobilized by love for Sabrina Gills, and I got a text. <laughs> To be like, ah, oh, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> Sabrina Gills is the star of my team. So Zelda, Sabrina Gills, Wurzel, and uh, Scraps, my Weavile, MVP, Glass Cannon. Yeah. Lady Maria, my Chandelure. Uh, right. The ghost candle. Yeah. And I switch off these two. I have Hilda, my Beware. Um, I love Beware's vibe so much. Mm -hmm. Actually a stuffed animal. Yes. Um, or a person in a bear suit. We're not clear. Um, <laughs> and I caught this snail knight named uh, Escavalier or something. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. They're really good. I named her uh, Hornet after a favorite uh, Hollow hell, Knight character. Hell yeah. That's great. Um, so they're like my wall. I switched them out. The, the bug is better, but I think a Beware of my team is like the exact vibe I want to give off. Mm -hmm. So that's my team. I usually, uh, if I play online, I'll throw in Weavile, Sabrina Gills, and uh, either Hilda or Hornet. Um, I love that. Sabrina Gills is unstoppable. No one can top her. She's great. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's my team. I love your team. Thank you. Um, yeah, I don't have too much more to say about Pokemon Sword and Shield at the moment before I'm done with it. Um, outside of just like... I, I've been really pleased by the difficulty of it. Um, yeah. As, as we talked about, I, I did the fairy gym, which I think is four or five. It's just like a I wild experience six, where I was like down to my last Pokemon who could only take one hit. It was my Corviknight Barnabas. Uh, and I was like, <laughs> now or never Dynamax mm -hmm. moment. And then used uh, the like Dynamax steel move. And that ended up taking out Opal's last Pokemon in one hit. And I was like, thank Christ it played out this way. But like, I can't tell you the last time I played a Pokemon game and had like such a skin in my teeth think. moment. Like that, yeah. that just doesn't happen anymore. And the fact that right. this game created that because it's scaled so perfectly wildly enough is, is awesome. Um, I think too. Makes me so happy. I'm, I'm very happy for you. That's so cool. Um, something that is unique to this game is that this is the first Pokemon game in a long time where almost all my friends also have it, which is making the experience so much better. Mm. Like, X and Y, I had a handful of friends who also had it, but, like, three or four. Yeah. You know, the people who were in the weeds like I was <laughs> would get it. And, like, you know, uh, they inevitably got too good and I bounced. Um once you have that fucking steel grass type on your team, I'm out. I don't want to fight that thing. I refuse. <laughs> there are some Pokemon you just can't love and you had them for utility and I draw the line there. I'm like, your team needs to have charm to it. I'm not fighting this like ball of steel. Are you kidding? Yeah, I'm extremely um, with you on that. So uh, Dragon Ghost is like right on the edge. Like I respect it, but I fear it. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> but th- like just the fact that like so many of my friends are playing, so many of them are like playing this series for the first time in a long time. Uh, my friend Connor was over. Uh, Connor, shout out, hello. Um, and he was watching me play, and like he hasn't played since like Red and Blue. He was blown away. Yeah. He like can't wait to get it. And um, uh, he was watching me fight, and he's a huge fan of Sabrina Gills, as is everyone. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I love Sabrina Gills. It's hard not to. She's great. For those who don't know what a melodic is, she's basically just like a sea serpent with like long, long hair, like like long, like, long, like Lord of the Rings elf, elf hair. Yeah, it's very unsettling, but yeah. you know, I just love you're immobilized by love. You're in love with Sabrina Gills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gave her the shell bell too, so whenever she does damage, she regains health. She's unstoppable. You just can't win. Oh, um, awesome! Yeah, That's yeah. A great move. Um, yeah, she's so good. I can also, I have, I like tease the team cause I have a move where she just swipes them with her tail and she switches them out. It's like swiping left on Tinder. It's like, no, next. <laughs> no. <laughs> I love Sabrina Gills. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> but this is the first time I've played where a lot of my friends are playing and they're all like that excitement. I think we've, we've said that this is the first one in a while that has the magic of red and blue. Yeah. Um, and I think some of that magic is the fact that this is like rekindling connections with old friends and like have, I'm having a lot of fun with my current friends and like, uh, just, you know, like I obviously know what goes into making a strategic team, but I'm not like super serious about it. Like I have fun battling and like, yeah. you know, it's, I think like I, I have enough fun with it to have fun with it. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to like lose my life to being like that. Her speed's not good enough. Next. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, tail swipe. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I love it i'm really glad you're you're farther in i'd love to talk to you once you get to the uh we gotta talk about sorted and shield bert once you get there yeah i'm really like, excited about it yeah we should cosplay as them i think okay that sounds good <laughs> our first live show that we do we'll just do uh, it completely I'll, in character <laughs> i'll be shield bert because my hair kind of grows out that way anyway when it gets too long okay yeah. like a shield <laughs> <laughs> what is this this is a curse segment <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I think my version of doing the battle tower, making my team really good is, is going to be catching them all. I'm like very adamant that I catch every single Pokemon in this game. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. I think that I've always been the type where like, I want the like eight that I really want to invest in, yeah. you know, like I don't care as much about having them all. I never really have. Yeah. Um, but I'm so, I love camping too. Camping with them, like makes you feel so that's, that's where I think the game makes up for not having the, the let's go features of like running around with them or flying on them or whatever. Like, you know, as much as I would love to just run around Galar on the back of an Arcanine, I think like having the camping is a really fun way to like, feel like you're actually with your team and like they, they've, you've invested in them yeah. emotionally. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, great. it's a great game. Yeah, my team right now is so, like, solid. I'm having a hard time replacing anyone, but I kind of need to every time I hit a gym. So I'm uh, I'm doing a lot of swapping for that. But, yeah, I, I'm at, I think, like, 120 Pokemon caught so far. Oh, wow. Which... I don't know because I haven't talked to other people, but I think that's a pretty high number for where I'm at at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. That's all I really spend my time doing. Like anytime I see something new, I catch it and I make sure that I catch it. You're you're before where you start to like. There's some areas like I think Route Nine, right outside Marnie's hometown, is where you can get dittos. Um, Yes. Fun fact. Okay, good to know. Uh, Good for the nursery because you can breed anything with a ditto. Right. You'll get an egg. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like I've heard this. Uh, I um yeah, it's so good. 
I, I needed a break, if you can't tell. I feel like I'm getting, like, way too into it just talking about it. Yeah. I need to move on. How about, yeah, how about we, we take a break? You literally take a break, and, and, and we will take a break also. <laughs> Don't worry, I have. I needed a palate cleanser, which we'll actually talk about soon. Yeah. Um, but, yes. Um, Sword and Shield, I think, just to, just to sum up, like, easily one of my favorite Pokemon games, and just can't recommend it enough if you have enjoyed the series at all. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Good video game. Goodbye. Cool. Goodbye. <laughs> Steven, I want to tell you about a game very quickly uh, okay. before we talk about another game. For uh-huh. not very quickly. That's not how that works. Right, let's start this whole not thing over. Very... <laughs> Steven, okay. I want to tell you about a game, and I'm going to make it quick. Uh, it's an Apple just, Arcade sorry, game. Can we start again? I just hit my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I almost want that one to be in. <laughs> anyway. I just really hurt my mouth. <laughs> oh, fuck my teeth. <laughs> well... Steven, there's an Apple Arcade game I want to tell you about very quickly. Yeah, uh, go for it. It's by the maker of Threes, <laughs> if you remember that game. Uh, it's called Guildlings. It just came out on Apple Arcade. Um, there are still like a lot of games coming out on Apple Arcade, like constantly, yeah. uh, which is cool. This one I was really surprised by. I just saw a lot of people talking about it like when it dropped and decided to play it and found that it is a very deep RPG that I didn't expect. Oh, wow. What's um, it called again? Guildlings. Uh Sabrina Guildlings. Yeah, I know her. Yes. Uh <laughs> you're not <laughs> you're not far off, Steven. <laughs> okay. Um let's see. Just to give you like a very brief overview, I don't really want to talk about it too much until I played more of it. I've only played like 45 minutes at this point. But you are essentially a uh very young, I'm gonna say like 10 to 12 year old, maybe that's like almost too old already like witch who uh, interacts with the world via a magic smartphone that is just called like the tome. And essentially what you're doing is collecting a bunch of like people. So you start off with your like cool older sister um, who become your quote unquote guildlings. Um, And then you traverse this like big open RPG fantasy world that is like has like a weird like modern twinge to it because again, like you're interacting via technology and smartphones and stuff, but you're on a quest to quote unquote save the world as a guild master like training and and leveling up a like team of young people who are all like badass wizards it is i love the artwork i just googled it it looks really cool this is exactly why i'm telling you about it it is everything that you and i like about this kind of game where it is like written in the way that um oxen free is written like that style of dialogue the art is just beautiful uh it is a game that i expected to turn on and like check out and be like okay like maybe i'll get to this one day and then ended up playing for like a full 45 minutes when i needed to be doing other things um so i i just wanted to recommend it very quickly because i think it is a game that I will play a lot more of and then maybe talk about uh, for a much longer period of time once I've done that. But um, the opening of this game is so fun and so weird and so good uh, that I just needed to call it out before that happens. I You've mentioned before your love for like technology and magic meeting. Yes. And like the cover of this game is being like a cool wizard with like bangs obscuring her face, like looking aloofly at a smartphone while holding a wand, I think is your ideal brand. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, the battling is really great because battling in this game is about uh, managing your mood and your smartphone battery. So you can either take time to uh, like basically make your guildlings happier or angrier depending on uh, how their spells work like it, you might need them to be angry to use a certain spell or you can take that turn to charge your smartphone um, which is wild. I love that. And then the enemies will try and drain the battery of your phone. <laughs> I'm literally trying to download it as we speak. Yes. I forgot how though. 
I'll do this later. You just hit get. But anyway. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to find whatever. We could do this later. <laughs> yeah. This doesn't need to happen on the podcast. But anyway. Uh, Are you like me and you can't find how to get the apps in your smartphone? Well, yeah, I have good news for you. Um, anyway, Guildlings is a good game on Apple Arcade. Um, I imagine it is elsewhere. I imagine it's not just on Apple Arcade, but... Um, it is a cool place to play it uh, on a mobile device because when you open it up, the the Tome smartphone that the main character uses it, like takes up your entire screen, so you feel like you're using it um, until oh, the world cool. opens up, which is really cool. Yeah, I just got it. Yeah, I'm downloading now. Sick. Yeah, Guildlings, cool game. Guildlings. I'll talk about it more. It. I'm sure because I I'm love it already. Apple Arcade is overwhelmingly good. I feel like there's a lot of good stuff. Yeah, we were talking about our goatee list before we started. Uh, playing or playing yeah. what recording um there is more than one apple arcade game like on on my list apple arcade coming out kind of threw like a water balloon at my original <laughs> list and like well i gotta fix this yeah kind of wild yeah anyway Did you know that sobble's second evolution throws water balloons i didn't know that well now you do well now i do it anyway. goes from like being <laughs> okay. a crybaby to a weird angsty teen to a spy real quick. Yeah, did you it. know that Sobble is number seven in the Pokedex, 007? Oh my god, that's so good. It turns into a I spy. That. Isn't that great? Yeah. Well, anyway, see ya. Bye. Hey, Brendan. Oh, hey, Steven. So recently it was Black Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were both out gift shopping. You sent me a cursed photo where you said like, <laughs> check out these deals. And in your hand you held... Two copies of Anthem? Two copies of Anthem, yeah. Uh, and Mass Effect Andromeda. Mm-hmm. To be completely fair, I have not played any of those games. Um, I've heard Andromeda You is... haven't played one copy of Anthem, nor have you played two <laughs> copies of Anthem. <laughs> the, the thing that a lot of people got wrong with Anthem is you have to play two copies <laughs> of it to really get the full experience. Uh-huh. Um, you sent me that almost as if it was a challenge. Uh, <laughs> And um, but basically, like we went to uh, our favorite place. I'm gonna just throw salt over my shoulder. GameStop uh, has a Black Friday deal. It's been a where, long time since we mentioned GameStop on this show. Yeah, I think our, on purpose. Our old antagonist, yeah, our Mor- Moriarty. Yeah, showed up. longtime um, listeners know that we've probably dunked on GameStop every single episode for like maybe six months. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I say this like the one by me, really lovely employees. There are great people who work at them, but the brand is corrupt and. Uh, basically our antagonist of the show yeah absolutely um but they got good deals on Friday. <laughs> uh most notably uh it was used games Excuse you could me. get two get one free right that's yes. what it was yeah so i swung by and uh i was like you know what i so what i do i think i might have mentioned this early on but when i uh, i often go to comic book stores by me specifically uh, a couple um, but what I normally do is I'll get something, I'll get three things when I go, mm-hmm. I'll get something that has been recommended something to sweet, me, something, something salty? sour, <laughs> something stinky. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, why am I uh, a bear cub from uh, Fable? Oh, this is far too sweet. Hmm. Um, <laughs> stinky. <laughs> God damn it. Um, yeah, so when I go, I get three things. Um, the, the tail of a newt, the stinky. Of a skunk and the cloud of a rainy day. Um, <laughs> I will get something that I has been recommended to me that I've been meaning to check out for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that I kind of know 
what I'm getting into and something that I have no idea what it is. Ideally, yeah, D- price permitting. Obviously, that's that's a lot to get, but seldom can I do that with video games. I usually have to go in with like, okay, like I need to know that I'm going to enjoy this on some level before I spend X dollars on it. Yeah. But because of that sick deal, I was like, let's take some risks. Every now and then, I've taken a couple risks on this show. I think you and I seek out a lot. I think inherently there's risk involved. Even if something has, like, quote-unquote good reviews, like, it doesn't mean it's a surefire thing. And, yeah. you know, if anything, I, I, I'm often, and I think it's probably why you got Andromeda and Anthem, is like, let's experience it for ourselves before we write something off, you know? Yeah, um, that is absolutely why that happened, yeah. So I picked up... Uh, three games. I picked up Final Fantasy 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, I'm so excited to talk to you about it. I messaged you. I said I can't wait to feel something about this game. And um, I, I think my response was, "I'm excited for you to feel something too." And then I waited <laughs> about five minutes, and then I realized I meant about Final Fantasy 15. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm done feeling everything too much. Um, Final Fantasy 15. Uh, for those. If this is somehow your first episode, I'm a huge Final Fantasy fan. Uh, there was a, I think there was a hard drive article that was like, giant Final Fantasy fan has played most of the games. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or like, has played most of a few of the games. I'm like, I really, this is a tall order, but I would love to eventually talk about every Final Fantasy game on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're sitting there like, oh God, what have I signed up for? But No, I am very ready to play 14 with you. It's going to be great. <laughs> I forgot about the character I made. I made it 14. I made a little boy wizard who goes like, it's <laughs> like a really low voice. <laughs> anyway, we'll get to that cursed time. Yeah, so you got 14, Final Fantasy 15. So I got Final Fantasy 15 for free. The person, uh, the woman working there was like, it has a bit of jelly on it. Is that okay? I'm like, you know what? <laughs> this is my free it's copy actually of Final better. Fantasy 15. <laughs> I, please, jelly away. Uh, yeah, a lot of the reviews when that game came out said, not enough jelly. There's not enough jelly in this one. Not enough jam. Um, <laughs> Get some jam on that fantasy. Oh, it's not sweet enough for me, the bear from the fable. <laughs> I said I wanted something sweet. I wanted something sticky. <laughs> Good grief. Okay, so Final Fantasy 15, excited to check it out. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a divisive entry in the series. I think people generally like it, but like it's got, you know, it, it was inherently divisive because like the series has once been like an ensemble in an airship is now four men in a car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like that alone. But I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with it. I do inherently like the clash of like literally being like a, a, a bachelor party in a car while there's like dragons in the sky. Like I like that. Oh yeah. Going back to like the sort of uh, magic and technology. I think Final Fantasy's always done that well. Absolutely. Um, so I'm excited. I think I think I will probably enjoy it. But regardless, expect an episode on that at some point in the future. I think it will probably be. It will probably take up an episode. So I'm gonna wait on that one. But anyway, other two games I got. I got the Resident Evil 2 remake, which I've been. Wanted to check out for forever. Um, people seem to really like it. I love Resident Evil 2. It's it's my one of my favorites of that series. And the remake of the first game that came out for GameCube was like really wonderful. Uh, it was really scary, and like they added a lot of cool stuff. So I'm excited to see what this one is like. It seems to be somewhere between like just from the gameplay I've seen. I feel like they took some of the like more horrific elements of uh, Biohazard with like the lighting and the creature design, but mm-hmm. it seems to be more of a of a what you'd expect from Resident Evil whereas like in Biohazard you're like just a person you know you're not like yeah. a you're not Leon Kennedy or Claire Redfield um mm-hmm. who are also people but they're also like 
incredibly capable at fighting zombies. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, anyway, so I'm excited to check that out because I that came out like in January. I've been waiting for it to be on sale. And I got Gravity Rush 2. Um, this is the game that I had nothing. I, I had no idea what it was. Um, I did know the series. I did know that Gravity Rush came out for the uh, Vita, your favorite yep. system, mm-hmm. um, and was kind of a. It, it made a splash. It definitely was like a. I'd say like cult hit, if you will. Yeah. Um, and I knew the sequel. I, I had remembers. I just remembered like unconsciously seeing it, and I was like, oh, this might be a cool thing to check out. The concept is that you are. And we'll get more into what the game is, but me picking it up, all I knew is that like it was a really beautiful uh, plot, uh, action action adventure game. Where the conceit is that you can control which direction gravity is pulling you. So, like, you can basically fly by falling. So, like, yes. what I expected was, like, okay, like, I really love the art style. The the backgrounds and the settings are, like, very much... Uh, the two comparisons that I see all the time are Mobius and Miyazaki. And very much feels like that intentionally. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, especially, especially Miyazaki with some of the settings, which we'll get into. But, um... And the music, I love I that. too, is very... Mu- yeah, yeah. Well, uh, but... Just picking it up, that's like what I knew, and I was like, okay, this will probably be a fun like experiment. Like, I want to check it out. Yeah. Um, I started playing it, and I my new mission on Earth is to tell everyone to buy Gravity Rush Two. <laughs> I think this game fucking rules. I love it, and I can't wait to talk about it more. I am so smitten by it, and I think it's it came out in 2017, and I, I since since getting it, since loving it, I've read some more articles about it, and it seems like there's like a handful of people out there who are equally fond of it, like me who noticed how like under marketed it was and like yeah this is developed by uh sie um they're a first party developer in sony they've made like the ape escape games and stuff Mm -hmm. um and the creator of this game the director was the guy who made silent hill it's such a weird uh (laughs) departure from that um but it didn't really get a lot of marketing it didn't sell well at all really that was a big year for games 2017 i think sony was kind of going all in on uh Horizon Zero Dawn, um, mm, yeah. not, not to mention the other games that were just out at that time, Persona 5, Breath of the Wild, uh, even Near Automata, which was a big hit, was like, that was the weird cult game of that year, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Um, so like, you really didn't see or hear anything about Gravity Rush 2, which is sad because I think it's really, really a hidden gem. It's doing a lot of cool stuff, which I'll get into, um, but you have also picked it up. Um, I did, yeah. I, guess, I, I went yeah. to GameStop, sent you that challenge uh, via... <laughs> <laughs> the two copies of Anthem. So just, I, I guess, uh, to, to close that loop, uh, I went Black Friday shopping with a bunch of friends of mine. We just do it every every year, just like as a goof, mainly. I usually never buy anything, but we were in GameStop and, and uh, Anthem was $5 and Mass Effect Andromeda was also $5. So I was like, I'm going to buy myself a copy of Anthem. I'm going to buy one for a friend of mine and we're both going to play this game together so we can have like the experience and like mm-hmm. do Anthem the way they intended you to and see how that turns out. Uh, yeah. And then Mass Effect Andromeda, which uh, I think you got angry with me and you said if you play Mass Effect Andromeda before finishing Mass Effect 2 I'm gonna be upset <laughs> I said my heart can't take it yeah that's my heart can't said. take it yeah, that's I'm sure because I, I know it's gonna I don't want to say I know it's gonna happen but I feel like you're going to probably enjoy Andromeda and that's fine <laughs> 
That's totally fine. I, I think I would probably enjoy elements of it too, but like I need you to finish the second game before you play. It's it's as if I was a huge Star Wars fan, which I like Star Wars, but like imagine that was like a huge deal for me mm-hmm. and you haven't seen any of them and you're like, I, I just rented Attack of the Clones. I'm like, can you watch any any other one before we do this one? You forget that I've played most of Mass Effect 2. Like I, I, I loved that game. Most is the crucial word there. That game, <laughs> I, I, I'm not a believer of like you need to finish a game to say you've experienced it, but mm-hmm. that is a game where like the ending the last mission like is why i love that game so much okay i i am half kidding but <laughs> for real just please promise me you'll finish that before or after you you play and bring to the table andromeda okay all um, right I'll, anyway. I'll, I'll i'll i don't have anything to write that down on maybe i'll just get it tattooed on my it's forearm. fine yeah memento it Wake yeah i'll, up I'll, and I'll be memento like, that rule onto myself anyway um, uh so i picked that up and then i went home and then you uh, texted me your picture of the three games that you bought, uh, and then about two hours later, s- just sent me a wall of text effusively telling me how much I would love Gravity Rush 2. Uh, a game I was already thinking about buying when I was in GameStop. It was like mm. in my hand. I was like considering oh, wow. getting it. Yeah, no, I've always wanted to play it because I had also heard great things about it, um, and I was yeah. trying to figure out what three games I wanted, and then the Anthem, Anthem, Mass Effect Andromeda thing just felt so <laughs> funny that I ended up doing that, and it cost me $10, so like, why not? Um, right, right. Anyway, um, uh, I then drove back to GameStop after you sent me all of that and then picked up uh, Gravity Rush 2, Red Dead Redemption 2, which I'm very excited to finally yeah. play. Uh, Let me know. It, I'll get back into it as well. Uh, and another game that I've wanted to play just about as much as Gravity Rush 2. I don't think I've ever talked about it on the show, but Everybody's Golf, a game that mm. I am so excited to check I out. I also almost picked that up, too. Yeah. We have a weird mind meld. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm very excited to play Everybody's Golf. But anyway, I have since played, I want to say like two to three three hours of gravity rush to at this point and uh boy is it good it's really good oh, but I'm i so glad I, I think i think you need to talk about it because I, I, your love for this game it clearly overshadows mine um <laughs> i like That's it usually the case you, yeah. i think that hearing you talk about it reminds me of when you finally started playing near automata like it oh it, my god it feels that way again yeah. and i just like yeah. just tell me tell me and the listener what what's happening here i think too just the fact that i with both games because near automata was also a game that i kind of had like a fleeting interest in and picked it up on sale yeah uh it was a great sale it was like that and horizon zero dawn were like less than ten dollars i'm like what is this yeah that, that was also on the on the sony store it wasn't even at a uh, gamestop mm-hmm. um Damn. and obviously love that game but anyway, um, yeah, so I think before I get into details, the closest point of comparison, the strongest point of comparison, I would say, is oddly Marvel's Spider-Man. Um, mm-hmm. This game makes me feel like a superhero more than most games have, and I'll yeah. get into why. But so just on a service level, like the backgrounds and the setting are like beautiful. Uh, it, it varies between like very kind of psychedelic crystal sci-fi stuff with like just like the coolest radiant of colors like that's all dope uh but then you um the, the game begins you play as this young woman named cat uh who you don't need to know the events of the first game i certainly don't basically all that they literally that, skip over the events of the first game in about 45 seconds in two yeah. lines of dialogue it yeah. is wild they're just like all oh, yeah. know is they're like oh the, shit we lost this person and then that's yeah. it yeah the city she was in she was kind of known as a hero they called her the gravity queen mm-hmm. which i love yeah uh and she was there was a gravity storm and she was sucked into this new setting where she lost her powers. Yeah. Um, she's now on a fleet of airships already. I'm in. Uh, 
very Miyazaki castle in the sky. Very yeah. like uh, reminds me to the leader of this like fleet of merchant ships um, is this very no nonsense, powerful woman who reminds me a lot of the leader of Iron Town, where like and Princess Mononoke, where mm. she's like initially antagonistic, but you realize that like she is kind of guarded because of how the world works. And yeah. she's like really just trying to protect her fleet. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's worth noting that her fleet is, is um, I mean, they are airships, but it really is like an entire kind of almost like fishing village yeah. in a way that is floating in the sky. So it's a, it's a bunch of like houses all kind of linked together via bridges and they all float through the sky together. It's beautiful. And I think that's where I get the Miyazaki love because Miyazaki is someone who has such a unparalleled love for nature, but also has admiration for like industry in some way, like controlled mm-hmm. industry, especially when it comes to aviation. So this fleet, uh, and it's interesting too, because the sky is kind of gray and like, it's a sort of dull setting, but it's so beautiful. And I think it's really nicely contrasted with like how positive the main character is. Yeah. Um, Kat's immediately likable, very, uh, another kind of Miyazaki staple where she reminds me a lot of Kiki from Kiki's delivery service. Very big Kiki vibes. Yeah. Not only because she has a cat, but because like there's this really earnest, the positivity could initially be like read as false or empty Mm -hmm. but she's someone who like genuinely wants to help and is genuinely upset or disgusted as she learns more about the world like kiki's delivery services is largely a movie about like moving to a big city with dreams and how like the need for a job and like the realities of like adult life and the shittiness of other people kind of like get in the way of that and make you a sad person and you sometimes lose a sense of what your identity is yeah. So what does it take to retain that even in face of like growing up, basically? Yeah. Um, love. The perils Kiki. of burnout. Right, right, right. So similar vibes here. Where like she moves to this fishing village. She's lost her powers um, initially. So she's sort of like basically like an indentured servant uh, with her like partner that she works with is this dude who's like very handsome and like just kind of gets by by doing as little work as possible because he's so charming. Mm -hmm. That's a that's a recurring gag that I really like. But anyway, so eventually you get your powers back. And what I really like, and and again, what it shares with Miyazaki is that the world building is so effective because you are given a very small slice of a much bigger world. You can see what's kind of beyond the horizons. But like, yeah, the quest early on are like oh cool you got your powers back now just help us do what we've been doing you know like help us you were already yeah you were already mining for ore now you can just mine for ore better now you can just like that's what you're doing or with your cool superhero costume and like Mm -hmm. use gravity to help us get to mining spots faster yeah and that was so immersive because um and that's something that i think it shares a lot with spider-man where like a lot of the early quests and a lot of the side quests are just using your powers to help people like you know i think about the um the Spider-Man quest where you're like, just like cleaning up pollution and like mm-hmm. catching pigeons for someone. Like there's a lot of that where Cat was like, cool, I'll help. Like I can, her, her powers inform her personality where like she's constantly falling. And that's what I love. Like she's not flying. She's constantly falling. And whenever she like lands, it's never graceful. It's like a big crash and like things break and people like get like nervous. Yeah. Um, yeah. They and- put so much time and effort into the 
like almost minute animations that happen whenever Kat is crashing into the ground or like falling, landing on her feet, but like still doesn't really have her balance yet because she's like getting used to the way gravity just shifted. And then everybody around her kind of like stops what they're doing and they turn around, look at her like nervously. Um, Or the moments when you are standing next to somebody and you lift your own gravity and they also fly into the air briefly. It's like, oh shit, I just fucked up this person's day because now they're also (laughs) floating. And then as soon as you zoom away, they just kind of fall back onto the ground. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's wonderful and the music like you said is very much like a uh joe hisayashi orchestra yeah very much so like i i loved that that kind of drew me in right away um the game has a bit of a slow start like you don't get your powers until like probably like a half hour in Um, it takes a long time yeah i was so smitten by the presentation and and the cutscenes are like done in a comic book style which sometimes when games do that it reads to me as like okay they're like slashing the budget for animation Mm -hmm. but it really works in this game because they've they've used simpler character models to i think spend more time on the environments and the setting and the animations of like the combat and in the story moments you get these like really well done graphic novel presentation which like that worked for me and it oddly oddly made me want to read a series based on this world like i would Mm. read the shit out of that i would love that yeah i think they did like a a promotional comic book for it but like i think this has all the recipe to be a good like running series for sure yeah Um, i agree so um the game really opens up eventually your mining town harbors on this big city and that's where the game really opens up because like the scale of places you can fall slash fly to is so grand and like just getting from point a to point b is so fun and therapeutic much like swinging around with spider-man is yeah and there's a good balance of like like the swinging in Spider-Man, it eventually becomes second nature, but you do kind of need to know what you're doing in the beginning. I think this one has a bigger learning curve with using the gravity. It it's, really it's tricky does. in the beginning. But it is awesome um, when it all clicks together. It is so freeing. It is so cool. There is it, like, there is honestly, the, the, my this is my main point with this game, is that there is no reason why this traversal mechanic should work. Like the fact, yes. that, the fact that you can at any point press the R1 button and then that, that just lifts you off the ground, you're just floating and then you can swing the camera analog stick in any direction and press R1 again and then just start flying in that direction. So just, just to explain how this works, press R1, float in the air, point the analog stick wherever you want to go, press R1 again, and you start flying in that direction. You can hold down X to fly faster if you want, and if you press R1 again, you'll stop wherever you are, and then that allows you to swing the camera around and then point in another direction and go there. At any of these moments, you can press L1, and that will revert gravity back to what it should be, and you'll just fall straight down to the Earth, wherever that may be. And you can use that to, like, kind of... Uh, do like hard turns in certain directions also so you can like fly to a point press l1 start falling to the ground press r1 again and then like while you're while you're uh going back into stasis swing the camera around then point in another direction and fly there like it is so wild and at any point if you hit a surface you will stick to that surface so if you land on the side of a building you can run along the side of that building if you land say somehow uh, on the bottom of one of the airships, you can run around on the bottom of that airship. Um, And again, at any point you can press L1 and then revert gravity back to normal. Um, It is wild how well it works and there are moments where it like extremely doesn't let me be perfectly clear there are some moments where like you will be in a fight in a very small enclosed area and they're trying to get you to use your gravity powers and it's like this is not working but 
when you are out in the big city or you're mining or whatever, like it, it clicks in a way where it becomes second nature. And I, I was kind of floored by how quickly that worked for me. Yeah. The moments where it doesn't work are few and far between. I think like you, you nailed the point pretty accurately where it's the closed environments. Um, but like, yeah, like there's a lot of incentive too, where like you power up your abilities with these gems and like there's gems all over like the underside of these islands in the sky. And Mm -hmm. like, Running and like there's a photo mode too, so taking pictures of like weird angles sticking to like sides of buildings and stuff. Is, you can just spend hours doing that. Yeah. Um. Once you got to the big city, the game like I was already loving it, and it really surpassed my own like of it. Um. Of course, Cat arriving to the city, she's like helping out everyone she can. Uh, she's delivering newspapers with her powers, which I really liked. Yeah. Um. The turning point. And I think you and I both talked about this is you're told in the main story to go and it's kind of laid out in a the map is great. Um, It both shows you what's above and below you, which I think is really important. And um, uh, it says like who's giving side quests, who's just giving information, who's giving main quests. I think it's a great interface. And the menu is so stylish and cool. Yeah, it feels Um, very uh, Persona 4. It does. Yeah, uh, it it very much does. Um, That's the whole thing. Like, Kat's personality and the aesthetic of the game is incredibly positive without being, without feeling shallow. You know, it feels very, like, genuine. Um, And I think, I think it stands out even more after this event. So you're told by the city, like, oh, go, like, pick up this part from, like, this town below us. And, like, that's how you got there. Okay. That's interesting. I had a very different experience. So my experience getting there was, like, you're on this island in the sky that has, like, this kind of, exciting city like exciting music play it's very cool yeah there's like fun like up tempo jazz playing you then have to go to a different part of the city that's below the clouds and you fall for what feels like an incorrect amount of time yeah and that's it feels like at any moment the game's gonna be like ah ah, ah, you went too far and then it's gonna like reload your save back on top of the city but eventually you fall through the clouds and there's a whole fleet of like docks and airships below the clouds And, like, the sky is darker, the music is kind of sad, and, like, this is where most of the people live. This is, like, the, you know, the the lower class, if you will, literally. Um, And it's really sad, and it's, like, striking to see, like, oh, my God, there's a whole, like, I would have never known that people lived like this if I just stayed, well, if I didn't go out of my way to see it. Yeah. Um, And that's, I think, really stands out. Uh, And you go there, and you go there because... uh, there's a group of thieves that have stolen cargo. Like your whole mining town is based on like kind of like Death Stranding. You're just doing deliveries and stuff. Yeah. Um, oddly, Death Stranding and Outer Worlds elements at play here. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so you go to this shitty kind of, you know, I shouldn't say shitty, that's me. But you go to this like very run down airship town um, and you find a group of thieves called the Angry Caterpillars. And you're there and you're like, okay, cool. Like, and they kind of. They, you know, some of the citizens point to you where their hideout is, but it's a trap and they all gang up on you and you fight them. You make really short work of them. Um, But then it goes to a comic cut scene where like all the all the citizens are like helping the caterpillars and they're like they're basically calling like a fascist and like throwing shit at you. Yeah. And like you have a bloody nose and she's like, oh, wait, what? And then they're like, we have nothing like nothing down here. The rich aren't going to miss like one box of food that like we're going to split amongst hundreds of people. And then the police show up like very militarized and like without missing a beat, you fight the cops and like suddenly team up with this. They bust bust a, a fucking mech into this like shanty village. That's uh, full of like unarmed people. Yeah, and uh, just it's, start unloading. I I I had like a literal actual like in my apartment alone out loud went holy shit, 
Like they don't pull any punches. Yeah. It's real. It's a really effective moment. And much yeah. like her power, she just immediately shifts allegiances and like yeah, as like no. And that's that's what I think makes her such a lovable character is that like she has such a strong moral compass and like. There are a lot of characters like the leader of uh, the original town, the mining town. She's someone who clearly has good intentions, but has like is afraid of taking action for good because she knows what it will lead to. She's like, this will make things harder for us. And a lot of the characters who are initially presented as villains are shown as like they're just they just have to kiss up to someone even worse than them. That's above them. Yeah. You know, that happens a lot. And for Cadis to kind of risking it all fight for these people was a really powerful moment. That's where the story for me like really took off. And like you then of course go above the clouds where the 1% lives and they're all fucked up. Like mm-hmm. one, you, you rescue a balloon for a kid and, and the kid's like, you look poor. My mom told me not to trust you. And like this balloon is full of the finest organic helium. And like, yeah, she's like, why is everyone here awful? Like, okay, cool. <laughs> thanks. You know? And then she goes to somewhere else where like, the master of this mansion is playing hide and seek with his servants and all his servants like stressing out and he's literally hiding on the underside that you could only get to if you had gravity shifting powers. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she's like, hey, all your servants are stressed. And he's like, oh, good. I was getting bored of my other games. And like, it is... It, it, it's a it's a it's a cartoonish representation, but like the game is directly villainizing the one percent and like villainizing class imbalance over all else. Like the yeah. fact that everyone is trying to make do while most of the problems are created by like a handful of these morally corrupt people. And Cat just being like, "Fuck the bureaucracy, fuck your merchant requirements. I'm gonna go and save them because I can." I love that. I've never felt more like a superhero than in this game and in Spider-Man. Where I think they share that feeling of urgency where like one minute you're helping someone else. You're like, fuck, I got to go there before this happens. And like, yeah. they're often like uh, there's at one point the 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 poor are basically under attack by police because they're going to build an amusement park down there. It's the most villainous thing. Yeah. And there's like houses on fire and you with your gravitational field, like put out fires with the water um, and like. The fact that I have to race from like all the way in the clouds down to below the clouds, put out fires, go save someone, then go to the floor, fight them on foot. It's so exciting. And like those are the moments where the game is like, I can't believe no one was talking about this. This is unbelievable. Like yeah. I I love it. I think it's I I would recommend it to basically everyone. I think if you liked Marvel Spider-Man. This has a similar feeling of like just the therapeutic travel from point to point B, but you do feel like a superhero. Like it feels, I, I don't, I, I, I'm hit or miss with a lot of superhero media, but this to me captures exactly what I like about superhero stories. And it feels like the villains she's fighting and the problems she's faced with are oddly representative of our current times. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's fantastic. I, I can't recommend it enough. If not only for just the really cool central mechanic and the great presentation, it could have just been that. But the fact that there's like pretty high emotional stakes and the fact that I've really grown fond of these characters is is just putting me over the edge for it. Yeah. Um, I love it. It's yeah. great. I mean, yeah, you've said a lot of what I am clicking with in terms of this game already. Um, all, you've also played more than I have, and I have not seen the 1% up in the higher cloud section. But yeah. I mean, that that tracks that all makes sense um yeah yeah all i'll really say is i am kind of 
blown away by it. Uh, I did not have, I think, as good a time with the beginning as you did. Um, but sure. as, soon, as soon as I got past that one mission that brought you to the main city, uh, that was a holy shit moment for me. Uh, just like starting to run around and seeing all of the waypoints open up on the map and just being like, oh my God, there's so much to do here. There's so many people to talk to. That's actually the first time I talked to one of the police officers. I don't, I don't know if you did that uh, when you were running around the city for the first yeah, time. Yeah, I did. You can go talk to a police officer and you're just like, hey, why are you carrying all that stuff? And, and he's like, I'm protecting the peace. What do you think I'm doing? And he's like, okay, well, it's a little sketchy already. It looks but, like you have a machine gun in a crowd of people that don't. Right, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, um, and there's a lot of, like, there are a lot of ground, as, as, as like, aesthetically, uh, I don't want to say over the top, but, like, as out there as the game's presentation is, like, there's a lot of very human moments where, like, at one point, one of the 1% ask for, like, a tank of gas, um, and you go to the merchant on like the, the middle part of the city and he's like, Oh my God. Like, he's like, um, there are people below us who like don't have enough gas, like warm their places. Like, yeah. What do they need this for? Um, but the price of gas is so high because the markets are reliant on the 1% to stay afloat. So Kat's like, well, she's going to pay me to do this job. I'm just going to tank take a tank of gas down below and like Mm -hmm. it's a really heartwarming moment of like you know it's 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 familiar beats but it really does take you by surprise for what the game is doing before that like the fact that it is so unabashedly showing the horrors of like militarized police that are connected to like excessive wealth Mm -hmm. it's really it's really disturbing and i think cat showing true anger and disgust at that and like wanting to use her powers to help that is so after doing a lot of like sort of more mundane help like actually helping people yeah. is really powerful yeah yeah absolutely yeah i was i was worried in the opening that that's all it was really gonna be was like okay you're really <laughs> just like <laughs> drilling home this idea that i'm just gonna there is a point before you hit the city where it seems like the game is going to be you're floating on this like kind of like rickety small village in the in a very gray dismal sky and all you're going to be doing through this game is lowering yourself down into places where you can kick some big green orbs to get ore and that's going to be the video game like there's there's this one you uh, never felt like there was more to that you thought that was going to be the game i thought that was going to be the game i never I think this is where any RPG, I'm like, I'm going to be doing chores for the first hour. That's going to happen. Before the sky is opened up, it's going to be like, help your neighbor with tasks. I was coming like, to this game with the expectation that this is a sequel to a game for the PlayStation Vita. And like, it might have similar, smaller scope to it. Right, I right. did. Gotcha, I didn't know gotcha. how gigantic it was going to become but anyway i i was doing all of this stuff and i was just like okay there's there's one story mission in particular that like really i thought this was going to be the whole game because you end up going to these uh floating islands where there are tablets that have little challenges on them and it's like okay complete this challenge to move on to the next island and you just continue to do these challenges and that mission goes on for so long and i was like oh my god is this the whole game is i'm going to be collecting all this ore going up spending that ore on powering up myself and then going back down doing more challenges collecting ore and going back and forth and like maybe progressing some kind of story along there but then you get to the city and it opens up and i was like holy shit this is wild this is gorgeous this is like everything that i was hoping it would turn into yeah and then i fell off the edge of the city at one point because i wasn't paying attention i think i was texting somebody and i fell off the edge of of the of the island and i was just falling for a while and i expect i was like okay i'll just let myself fall until i hit that point uh where where it like resets my save and then i just kept falling and then that's how i found the 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 oh wow area and i was like holy shit because it's bigger than the city is it is there are more people living yeah there are more people living down there than there are in in the main 
city, like the the middle city, I guess. Right. Um, and you know, it, it is very much like an on. I had no idea there was a, a higher one percent area still, but like it is such an on the nose. Like, yeah, the poor people live below literally the middle class, which live literally below the one percent. But it it works so well in a way that it doesn't in a movie like Elysium, which tries to do the same thing and right. just it works falls because on its face. it works because like you can't believe how far it's hit, like how the 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 amount of time it takes to fall down there and the fact that you are falling too because yes. like a lot of times you do feel like you're flying but you have to feel like you're falling to get here um yeah yeah and the fact that too that like you're you I, I wouldn't have thought that there was anything below you know like yeah. uh the only time you've ever descended the clouds is to go mining basically right. on these like weird alien planets where there's like twilight princess monsters mm-hmm. which i really like because most of the enemies have like a big eyeball so you often have to shift gravity to make sure you get a really big attack on the eye it works really well yeah um, it works well in the open environments um yes uh yeah i i think that i would love for everyone to buy this game <laughs> and I, uh-huh. I here's the thing i feel like we we realize that like we've had people reach out to us and tell us that they buy things because of the show which is super flattering and like i think most of the time people have done that and have been really happy with what they get we're very self-conscious of people spending money based on our opinions um never spend it if it puts you in any kind of you know bad situation but with this game you can get it for really cheap and i would love not that we have this kind of pull but i would love for this game to sell enough like now that there could be a potential sequel or something you know because i feel Mm. like I would hate for this to be the last of the series because it didn't sell well initially. I feel like I hope that there's a way to keep this series alive because I would love to see more based on the time I've put into it already. Yeah, even just being a kind of bigger budget game that is actually about something meaningful, I think, right. is is wonderful. I saw I saw an article about it. I think it was for Polygon where it was like a lot of people complain that like AAA games or like first party games don't take risks. And it's like they do. And that's why they don't often take risks because they don't sell well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, oftentimes they do like a Death Stranding, obviously, but like you have this sort of following of, of Ideo Kojima, like bringing a lot of people to that. This game, first party game, like looks great. Uh, you know, it it does look like lower budget in some areas, but overall, like the environments and just the presentation are are amazing. Um, but it didn't really. No one talked about it. No one bought it, and that's sad because I feel like it's so it's so immediately special it's so like it, it's so clearly a beautiful experience and like i don't want to say hidden gem but like i guess it is because i don't know anyone else is talking about it yeah <laughs> you know and yeah. like yeah i i just i would you know no no pressure but like for the first time i feel like like compelled to say like buy this game if you can like if it sounds interesting check it out i think you will love it and i would love to support this game retroactively in some way yeah I think you and I went about it the wrong way, buying it used from GameStop where Sony doesn't see any of that profit. But it is worth noting that it is, I think, either 15 or $20 on PSN right now. Yeah, I, I, I do realize the hypocrisy there. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I didn't realize I was going to love it this much. Yeah. GameStop, once again, being our antagonist. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can, I mean, I think it was for sale for like eight bucks once in the Sony store. Like you can, you can get it for less than 20 for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's a cool game. Maybe um, I'll buy it again. I'm excited to play it more. I have done that in the past. Yeah, I've I've purchased Celeste like three times, yeah. so I'll probably do this again. I did that yeah. with Titanfall 2. Yeah. Yeah. Sick. Anyway, oh, Titanfall 2, a game we could probably talk about at some point this month. Oh, yeah. That is the free game for PSN in December. Yeah. Uh, so check it out. Um, I would I will be checking it out for the first time. 
Oh shit! You haven't played it. I haven't played it. No. Whoa! Oh yeah, my that's god! That's why I texted you, excited, and you're like, "Yeah, whatever." I thought that I thought that you were replaying it. I didn't realize that you haven't played it before. Not played it once. I truly don't even know what it looks like. Oh like, I, my! I'm going in god. completely fresh. I'm yeah. so excited. Yeah, dude, I'm excited too. Oh, I'm gonna replay it then. I I've we been meaning to replay up, it, and now I'm going to. We both picked up Neo from the free game last month. Yes. Uh, so we might talk about that as well. I've been basically like, other than the three games I just got, I I honestly feel like when you brought up GameStop's used game policy, it took the wind. It, like it brought gravity back to normal and now i'm just falling because <laughs> i feel so bad about my hypocrisy there uh but anyway i've been revisiting a lot of games that have come out this year uh that i've really liked trying to solidify my our, our game of the year lists for our upcoming episode mm-hmm. expect that at the end of the month uh our bonus will be before that uh i won't say anything else but maybe we'll see maybe but yeah, I think I think that's a wrap. I really love Gravity Rush 2. I would love more people to experience it. Uh, it's my new mission on this earth. Uh, and I will buy it again, probably, yeah. to make up for my sins. Cool. cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess let's wrap up. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this one. We love making it. Um, if you like the show, share it with a friend or rate it on Apple Podcasts out of five stars. Uh, write a review if you feel so compelled, but rating it is also very helpful. We have a Twitter account, Into the Cast. We have a Patreon if you really like the show. It's also at Into the Cast, uh, patreon.com slash Into the Cast. We have a Twitch account, which we will try to get better at streaming more. It's been busy for both of us, but we like doing that. It's a fun time. Yeah. Also at Into the Cast. We have... Uh, People about the show uh, get a shout out. Brendan, do you have the list? I sure do have the list. Yeah. Thank you so much to Akira, Alex, Andrew, Bede, Benjamin D, Benjamin W, Bolt, Brett, Catherine, Christopher, David, Hilton, Inez, Jason, Jeff, Josh, Cameron, Kim, Kyle, Mark, Marcel, Melly Muffin Pie, Micah, No Name, Pablo, Philip, Scout, and Spencer. Uh, really means a lot that Thank you so any much. of you donate at all um the patreon exists because people reached out to us and asked us to start one uh i think that's insane yeah steven and i were in a place where we were like maybe one day in four to five years we will start a patreon yeah um yeah but here we are and it allows us to do really cool stuff like um we uh are now uploading all of the high-res episode art uh to a google drive which uh hopefully you have access to at this point dear listener if you have uh backed the show uh and also it allows us to do a newsletter which um i don't know maybe by the time this episode is out and if not like a couple days afterwards uh we will be releasing our first quarterly public issue um which yeah. i think we're both really looking forward to putting out so that'll be on medium.com i think slash into the cast um but yeah. if not whatever whatever it is the link will be in the show notes so you can check that out yeah there. that's coming out soon um our first issue ever is also public but the rest have been for patrons only yes and that's what we'll continue doing every quarter quarter there'll be a big public issue we're excited to feature some art and some writing from other folks as well so that'll be cool yeah um i think that's it yeah yeah that's it uh for me cool yeah my name is brendan bigley you can find me on the internet at brendan bigley i'm stephen hilger you can find me at stephen hilger have a wonderful day yeah have a good day have a good week um and catch you later you're in love sabrina gills bye Garbage dot online.